Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey. How you doing? Um, I'm here. I hear you. It's been a couple yes, weeks. It has been. Uh, it's uh, The break was good, but you know, I'm ready to get back. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. We uh, When we were last here, we left off talking about perseverance, you know, and that's been sort of a continued journey from surrender into choosing comfort or um, or choosing surrender in your life. And then we went into perseverance last time we were here. Once you make that choice. What do you do? How do you how do you continue to live it? It was through mm-hmm. determination and perseverance. And so, you know, you were at a group I was with last night in our group in our men's meeting in our right. parish, and we started a new um, vision for that group last night. And the first talk was on brotherhood, and I gave it last night to the to the guys, and we spent a lot of time discussing it. And you know, it really when I was thinking about perseverance and where we left off, it was a great topic to follow that up with because you know what's a way for you to persevere how do you how do you do this well you don't do it on your own you know you got to have other people that you're going to walk through life with guys that that are wanting to go in the same direction with you you know life is tough life is hard and you know actually one of the verses that i looked up for that talk last night that speaks about brotherhood is from proverbs 17:17 17, 17. it says a friend is a friend at all times and a brother is born for the time of adversity and it sort of distinguishes there you know there's We've talked about friendship on the show before. Um, we've gone into detail about our friendship and the different types of friendships. But to me, a brother is more than a friend. You know, it's something that you have such a bond with somebody that you're 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 almost perfectly aligned. You're lined up together, and you you both have the same goals, which is to get you and yourself and your family to heaven, um, to live a certain way in your life, and just to try to be better. Somebody that's there for you and as close as what a, a blood brother would be in your family. Mm-hmm. And so. When I read that verse, it really made me think about well, when you when it talks about adversity, you know, adversity, life is hard, and you know what a lot of us have done, and we've talked about this before. I, I struggled with this forever in my life was trying to do everything myself, you know, just almost taking a pride in walking like a one man army, right? I don't need anybody, I don't need anything. I can do my job, be a good father, be a good husband, be a good friend, do all these other things I got going on and do them well and I don't need anybody. And what that does is it sets us up for failure. You know, it, it gives us a false sense of, of who we are. Um, and we depend, we start to depend totally on ourselves, which that can pull us away from our dependence on God, which we certainly need every day in our lives. And uh, it just makes it to where we can be isolated. You know, I can remember back in my times of the drugs and the alcohol when I was really involved in those addictions that uh, that just sitting there on the couch and all I needed was my drugs and my alcohol. I didn't need anything else. I was married, had kids, didn't need any of that. I just needed those things. I was isolated. I didn't want to go anywhere. Angela used to ask me all the time, why don't we ever do anything anymore? Why don't we go hang out with anybody? Why don't we ever go to a, a on a date? Why don't we ever do anything? It's because I had isolated to the point where I thought I don't need anything but this and myself. I don't need anybody else. And that's a dangerous place to be. That's where addictions are born. You know, a lot of men that I talk to on a daily basis now about pornography, that's how they get into that situation with that isolation. 
um, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, anger issues, selfishness, all that comes out of that isolation. When we pull ourselves away from, from the opportunity to walk with other men in, in the Christian life. Right. And what you're kind of hitting, hitting that pretty much like a bullseye is from that quote is like, everyone can be a friend during good times. But when it's like, there's a hard time, the, 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 um, you said the perseverance mm-hmm. is when the, that friendship should turn into a brotherhood. And sometimes that doesn't happen. You know, we're all striving for someone to, 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 to um, walk with us during the, the strongest struggle in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's what the community of faith is all about. You know, when you have a community of brothers, a community of brotherhood that live together in the faith, then then you can always go towards that person and get strength from them. Right, right. right and that's, yeah. that's what we were talking about is that there's a lot of men in there. Like you said, we, we operate on ourselves. We're, we're our own self-evolving uh, individual. We don't really want to include anything or adapt to anything. We figure that we'll go through life the way we have planned. And then when things go wrong, then either we fall apart or we seek the God in some form of faith or, or development of faith. And then we realize that all this time in our lives, we've been working and operating ourselves that we missed out. The greatest part of our perspective is that we miss brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men are walking around today not knowing that. Right. Well, and Jesus points us towards that. You know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it's probably in top three, is Luke twenty-two thirty-one through 32, when he says to Simon, he says to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And once you have turned back, you must strengthen your brothers. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is telling us, like, you're going you're gonna to have to strengthen your brothers. He's not just speaking to Peter. He's speaking to all of us because we've all failed in one way or another. Mine sure. was an addiction to cocaine. Somebody else might be adultery. Somebody else may be, you know, whatever the, the, the multiple things men fall to are, pornography, whatever it may be. But God is telling, Jesus is telling us, you have to turn back. And once you turn back, you have to strengthen your brothers that we're made to live in community. We're made to walk with other men. And the mistake that I think a lot of us make is we, we, we say as men, well, I've got plenty of friends. That word friend should be re- replaced with acquaintance right. a lot. Because if you look at that, that's the way I thought in my life forever was, was I had plenty of friends, especially when I was in college and my fraternity. And when you look back at it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I had a lot of people that were, were spending time with me because I had money to spend sure. on themselves, on myself. I was the guy that was willing to take the risk on a DUI when we were driving out to a bar at night. I was the guy that could buy whatever for anybody because I had a full-time job when I was in college and I made good money. And when you look at that, you realize those weren't really friends of mine. Right. I could benefit other people. It was a benefit to be my friend. Sure. It was only temporary because of the environment. Right. Yeah. So I think that as men today, we confuse a lot of that with, with you know, I've got a drinking buddy mm-hmm. and I go sit at a bar and we, and we gripe about our work and we complain about our life and we have you know, five or six beers and then we go home. There's something more that that we need in our lives as men than that, you know. By by no means is it is it a bad deal to have somebody to go grab a beer with. Not saying that, but that relationship is meant to go deeper. Um, you know, it's it's no coincidence that when Jesus set out to change the world, that he said, "I'm going to grab a group of twelve guys and I'm going to go do that." You know, they there wasn't. I don't think those guys were just friends. There was mm-hmm. a brotherhood there. You know, one of the things that we talked about last night was. You know, you, you, we read all the stories, and John says it, I believe, in, in his gospel when he says, if I wrote down all the stories of what Jesus did, there would be more books than than, would, than the world could hold. Could it contain it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so when I read that, I always think about, 
I mean, we, we think about the miracles and, the, and the, the stories and the things we hear Jesus did that were important for us to hear. But I like to think about what, what about all those long journeys between towns, you know, when it was just him and his guys. You know, certainly there was a brotherhood aspect. Jesus was a fan of brotherhood. You can't tell me that when they sat down to cook some fish over a fire in the late afternoon that they weren't being men together, right? Laughing about things, sharing stories, just just being there for each other. Um, and I think we lose a lot of that uh, a lot of times when we're just reading the Bible in a way of one story to the next. That there's no way that you spend three years with somebody that close, sleeping with you know next to a guy and 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 living every day of your life with somebody and not have this tight brotherhood that goes beyond friendship. And if we're called to live like Jesus, if we're called to live like the apostles, then we're called to live in a brotherhood. And I think there's so many men out there that don't have anything near that. We have a group of guys that we go watch football with or whatever, but what's made to go deeper than that. Right. And the thing is to, you know, Christ was the first to go over the top. Mm-hmm. And I mean by like in the vision of, of, going over the threshold of, of taking care of us in the sense of, you know, defeating the devil in a sense of death on the cross, but also making sin not um, not so punishable in the sense that God forgave us. You know, he's already forgiven us, and, and we mm-hmm. need to come to him and ask for continued forgiveness. And, and that love, I mean, that love for what he did for us and for the disciples and for everybody that comes to him is something that we can only barely comprehend here on this earth you know and and the the disciples knew that i mean they knew the the fullness of god's love you know when the holy spirit came down upon them i mean they went out and and were sent out by jesus to change the world Mm -hmm. and they did that because they're close enough to each other as brotherhood and said this is what we are going to do for our lord Mm -hmm. you know and that's powerful you know and that's what we we need to do as well We're, we're being sent out to help other brothers come back to the faith Right, you know, find them and bring them back, and say, you know, yes, you're, there's things going on in your life that you're not comfortable with, and and there's troubles going on in your life you don't know where to go to, but you know, we are here, you right. know, and and when you have someone so open, and someone that's hurting so much to receive that openness, it can change their lives forever. Right. Well, that's what we were talking about some last night was, you know, I've had plenty of friends in my life that didn't make me a better person. And I don't really, honestly, I don't think I made them a better person. You know, it, it was, we enjoyed being together. We shared a common interest. And that was the extent of it. Mm-hmm. You know, with brothers, I was telling the men in the room last night, as I looked around, you were there, I was talking to Bob and some other people. And, and I said, here's the thing, like, I know in my life for a long time, and a lot of men that have talked to me about this before, we struggle, we wear all these masks, and we try to be 15 different things to 15 different people. I got to be this guy to my boss. I got to be this guy to my coworker. I got to be this guy to my wife, this guy to this set of friends, this guy to this set of friends. Oh, and don't forget about these people over here. I got to I got to remember how do I act when I'm around them. That's exhausting. I mean, it is physically exhausting to try to be so many different people. Mm-hmm. And and life is already stressful enough. We've already said it's hard. So why make it harder on yourself when you're trying to be all these things when God wants to grace you and gift you with a group of men that maybe you haven't found yet in your life that are going to come into it? You know, you've got to be open and look for it. But when you can find that group of men, whether it's 2 or 12 or 20, whatever it is, that you can share that common bond with, think of all that anxiety that rolls away. Like, I don't have to be, and it's also I realize I don't need all that in my life. Something I was chasing after, what I've been looking for, honestly, is companionship, true brotherhood. 
and I'm looking in 15 different places because I haven't found it in one yet. And it's very stressful. So when you can find a, another man or a group of men that are trying to live the Christian life, that want to be a better father, husband, brother, son, all those things we talk about all the time on here, it alleviates this need to please and it allows God's peace to come into your life because you go, now I've got these men, they're set before me, they're a gift from God, I can pour into them, they can pour into me. And and you know, I said last night, I looked around the room and I said, it's just like I, with being with Bob, Bob Stewart. He's got a generous and loving heart. I, I wanna be around him so I, maybe some of that rubs off on me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I named eight or nine different people about, you know, I love David's enthusiasm for the Lord. Maybe that some of that will rub off on me. And and that's the benefit of being with a brother is maybe that you don't have the same gifting, but you could just that that enthusiasm and that all these things that come out of our own specific gifting, we can all grab in a piece of that. And and it makes us all a better man. And that's one thing that last night a lot of the guys asked, well, what's the difference between brotherhood and friendship? What's and we've talked about the friends of convenience and all that. But there's a couple verses here, and they're very quick ones. It's how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together as one. There's another to reinforce the fact men need to come together as more than friends, as brothers. And that's in Psalm 133, uh, verse 1. Then we've got 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build another one up. That's been one of the most powerful things in my life through this transformation over the last three years to everywhere that's led now has been the support of men like you in my complete inner circle right. of guys that are just there that that encourage me that build me up that when the devil comes knocking and, and kicking the door down to tell you you're not worth anything and what are you doing and why are you even trying to do this stuff why are you trying to be different there's men that sit there and support you and that love you and you know we've talked about before just you know if you need something I, i've got your back if you if i need something you've got mine and so that's one of the things that i put out there last night was you know, and I'd like to say, here's here's a couple of things that you can think about when you're talking about brothers. One, it's a guy that you can share anything with. You know, anything. Open it doesn't honest, matter. Yeah, right. open honesty. Yeah, being straight up open. Uh, being able to share things that you never shared with anyone else. Right. I know that that person will keep it to themselves, but also they'll reciprocate that as well. Right, and understand and right. emphasize, you know, empath, empath, is it empathy? Yeah, emphasize with you and... And, and be there through it and try mm-hmm. to understand it and not just be somebody who, okay, I'm sorry that happened anyway, but somebody who's invested in you, your family, your life, who loves you. And and that means a guy you can count on. You know, somebody that's going to be there no matter what. Um, you know, guys that will run into the fight with you. You know, uh, I haven't, luckily I haven't experienced too many family traumas, but I know there's some other guys on our group that have had people with cancer in their life and, and the outpouring of support from mm-hmm. the men in our group, from our brothers has been overwhelming that, hey, what can I do for you? Can I cut your yard? Can I can I do this for you? Can I take over something that you need to do here? Do we need to make some food and bring it over for the children? Like there's just this overwhelming support. Like you're ours. It's one big family. And they step into that fight no matter what it is with you. Even sometimes if you're wrong, they have your back. You know, hey, look, we may not have made the right call here, but we stand with you. Mm-hmm. All right? We're here for you when you've got to go through that that period of making amends or whatever. We got your back. Those are the type of guys we're talking about. Guys that hold you accountable, right? That's one of the most important things about a brother. I got a lot of friends that never held me accountable. And quite frankly, that stood on the sidelines and cheered a lot of behavior that I shouldn't have been living in my life. You know, oh man, that's so awesome. That's so cool to do that again. Oh man, let's see how much of that drug you can do. Let's do all of that. But then there's other guys, brothers, or the brothers that hold you accountable. 
guys that tell you what you need to hear, even when you don't want to hear it. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Guys that are going to sit there and stand up and go, you know what? I'm your buddy. I'm your friend. I love you. And you're right on, on some things. But this, you're wrong. And you treated your wife wrong. Or you treated your children wrong. Or you said something to somebody that was out of place. And I'm here to tell you that you, you owe somebody an apology. Or you need to change this way you're behaving because this isn't who you are. And that's what most men don't have in their life. That is where when you get to that level where you can be that for somebody else or they can be that for you, then you've got something special. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another key part of it. Um, also, you know, to, to steal a phrase from Bishop Olmstead, guys that aren't afraid to step into the breach with you. You know, when you're trying to live this Christian life, there's a lot of times where when you have the courage, when you, you're persevering and you're determined and you step out in there to speak out against something that you see is not right, that you've got guys that are going to step out there with you. It's hard to do that alone. Mm-hmm. And it may be something as simple as praying in a restaurant, right? Going to a restaurant and publicly praying and knowing, you know, you and I and Nick and David went to dinner last night before the meeting. And what do we do? The first thing, well, we all looked at each other, who's praying, right? Now, that may seem like a simple thing to things to, to people, but there's been times in my life where I'm by myself and I hadn't done that. But you know that when you step out there, even in such simple manners, that you got people that are willing to stand there with you. And it, that, that allows men to become missionary disciples and to evangelize at another level when you know you got that guy behind you. You're standing there that's willing to take the shots with you, that's willing to take the ridicule, that's willing to be called, whatever it is, but he's going to stand there locked arms with you the whole time. Right. Well, it's like the armor bearer, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in the Old Testament where the armor bearer job was to not only, you know, bring the weapon stuff, but also to their, their life was a weapon. That mm-hmm. they were going to do anything they can to protect you, that that person, the king, or the prince, or the brother, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were there to protect and to make sure that whatever they had was sharp and was able to protect themselves. And that's what we are. We're, we're armor bearers to each other. You know, yeah. and we're not we're not fighting alone anymore. You know, and and the devil, uh, the enemy is very good at picking us off individually. But when we're together as a group, uh, we're we're pretty much, um, you know, affordable. At, you know. Affordable, you know, in a sense of our, our influence yeah. and changing well, you, the world. Somebody's always got your back. Yeah, like right. When you're standing back-to-back with somebody or a couple of people, there is no blind spot, right? right. You're surrounded, and, and you know that people are going to have your flank and everything else to speak in these battle terms. Let's do that. Yeah, that's but, what we're talking about, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but they're the guys that help you be a better man along the way. I mean, there's been several times when you've been at the house or David or somebody and maybe Angela says something to me that I take a wrong way and I'm quick to snap back and you guys have pulled me aside and said, hey, man, like, I, I don't know that she meant that or like, you know, I don't think that was the, that wasn't the kindest way you could have expressed that, you know, and, and I need that in my life. I need people that call me on the carpet for things because it is easy to lose humility. It's easy to have a sense of false humility and to have guys that are willing to pull you back and know that you're willing to do that for them. It's just wonderful. And, and, you know, to talk about that, we there's several examples in the Bible. I mean, we've talked about Jonathan and David before and, and, and you know, that relationship that they shared with David not even having any business being the king of, other than being anointed, obviously, but in the line of things, he shouldn't have been anywhere near the throne. And the guy who was stepped out of the way and, and said, I, after he saw him kill Goliath, you're you're my guy. Like, I, I'm, I want to be, I'm rolling with you yeah. through anything. Like, we're the man of the same heart. Let's go fight those, you know, thousands of Philistines by you and me alone. It's just that that's one of the big relationships there. Obviously, Peter, James, and John, the brotherhood within the brotherhood of the apostles that were always 
right next to Jesus. And, and, and most of the big moments in the gospel, those are the three that are there. Um, and, and they live that brotherhood. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul, you can name with a bunch of people, Barnabas, Titus, mm-hmm. Timothy, I believe Silas mm-hmm. it was one at one time too. Mark was with him. All these guys that he individually walked with his brothers. He crafted them to be, right. yeah. And they changed the world. Like right. there wasn't, I don't believe that Paul could have gone through everything he went through without having those guys there to teach with, to, to learn from. Um, those guys didn't change a province right. or a state. They changed the world. Well, and you can tell the way he writes to them and why they write mm-hmm. to each other. Like, you know, from in Timothy. Right. And he was like, my brother, you know, my son. You know, he's like, you could tell his introduction is like, I miss you so much. You yeah. know, and, and light, writing this letter is comforting, but yet you're still not by my side. Right. You know, and, and that's the thing that's amazing is that it shows even in those letters today, what brotherhood is about and what discipleship is about and what it is to know that, that Christ has done everything for us and it's up to us to continue to, to, to proclaim the word and the message of, of love, but also to bring people to God. You mm-hmm. know, we are, we are evangelists. Right. You know, we're not ordained, you know, but we're there to go out and to bring people to faith and to bring hope uh, in a world full of hopelessness. Well, the heresy every once in a while, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than we'd like to count. Right, right. But, you know, one of the other things I'd really like to point out is Moses, Aaron, and her. We talked about this last night. I showed this image, and I, I want to give credit where credit's due. I stole it from Bill Donahue from the Theology of Body at one of the talks well, you he didn't gave. Steal, you borrowed it. Right. right. Well, I haven't returned Some it yet. <laughs> it's still stolen. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's the image of, it's this beautiful image of, of the three of them on the hill where Joshua's in the battle with Amalek and, uh, and basically Moses tells him, as long as I have the staff of God raised in the air, we'll be victorious. And Moses was up in years. Mm-hmm. And so they go up to the top of this hill and they're overlooking the battle and Moses is standing there with his staff in his arms and and granted, like anybody, any human, his arms get tired. Right. And every time his arm starts to fall, then Joshua start, starts to lose the battle. So what, what do Aaron and her do? They take a stone, they put it under him, and they sit him on it, and then they basically grab either side of his, his, his elbows on either side and hold up his arms so that together, as brothers, Israel can be victorious. Mm-hmm. And that image is just such a great and powerful image for what men can do for each other. Is Look, when you run out of strength, Use my strength. Mm-hmm. I'm here for you. I, I'm not going to let this fail. We're going to walk arm in arm, in arm with this mission that God's given us to, to, to bring our families closer to Christ, to bring our parishes closer to Christ, our diocese, our, the world, by our example. And, and, you know, a lot of times I think that we don't understand the power we can have as brothers and as men. We think, well, what, what am I affecting? Well, what you affect affects something else and affects something else. And just within a parish, you can change a diocese. And within a diocese, you can change a state. Within a state, you can change a country. And within a country, you can change the world. I mean, if, 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 the, if the disciples had had that mindset, Christianity would have stayed in Judea, in that area there. Right. Right? But it didn't because men started to see the power of that. And that image is one that I hope burns into people's mind today. And, and I'm going to put that picture up on social media and stuff so people can see it. But that's what our role is. Whether you're the one holding the staff one day or you're the guy holding the elbow up one day, who's got your arms? Who in your life has your arms? And and I know, you know, that's the questions I want to ask people today. Um, you know, is is do you have somebody in your life like that? Do you do you know what the difference between a friendship and a brother is? A friend and a brother. Do you have somebody that that'll be honest and open and real with you no matter what? Do you have someone you can be that way with? Um, and do you have somebody to depend on no matter what? Somebody that makes you 
and your family and those around you better for God? You know, a better father, better husband, better brother, better son. You know, those are questions that I really want people that are listening today to take to heart. And you may find some some discouraging answers, but don't be discouraged because now if, if you can understand what you need to look for, men of faith, you know, somebody asked me yesterday after the meeting, well, how do I know who to look for? Right. And obviously there's a room full of guys that would be a good choice to try to be brothers with in that room last night. But you need to look around the parish, people that are out there doing things, that are leading. There's always a good way there to find, a, to, to, to find the correct people in your life. Another way is, is we all have seen people in our lives that live with a certain joy, that are doing something different. And we know a lot of times maybe that's how they're living their faith. Most of the time, oftenly, that's what it is. And try to get to know those people. Get involved if there's a group at your parish. Get involved in that. Whether it's Knights of Columbus or it's a some sort of you know offshoot of a, a small men's face sharing group, don't be afraid to take that leap because you need other people in your life and you got to find them. But you've got to be actively looking. Also, you can be a catalyst for that if there's not something like that in your parish or you know wherever you are in your group. Then then be that catalyst if you have that desire in your heart then go live it. And people will be naturally attracted to that, to someone who is living differently, who's living truth, who's living love, who's living peace. And you will find men that will be drawn to you. That's the whole thing about evangelization. Right. It isn't always what you say. It's what you do. Right. They're waiting for someone to start it. And right. then once you do that, then other people will come to it. Right. And so that's. I think that if every man in this world could find at least one person that they could go to battle with like this every day, not a friendship, deeper than that a brotherhood the way that that we we read it in the scriptures you know the way that paul addresses his guys the way that jesus addressed the disciples but those men that are willing to do anything to give their life for you and to to help you to be what you're supposed to be and and in turn you're that for them it's inspiring especially when it comes from men because there's not enough of that today Mm -hmm. and and you know so if you're trying to persevere if you've given if you've surrendered to the lord don't do it by yourself because it's going to be setting you up for, for an easy target for the devil. Surround yourself with other people who are trying to live that life. If you can't seek it out, if you, if you can't find it in your own parish, look around in your diocese in your area. Find those group of men that are standing out living for Christ. So all you saints and future saints, take to heart what we've said today and look for those men in your life that are living the life for Christ. So Victor, why don't we close with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, life can be hard and full of adversity. The devil wishes to isolate us and render us ineffective in your mission. Help us to see and understand the need to walk with other men. And Father, grant us the desire to seek out true brotherhood in our lives. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.